Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. And welcome, everyone, to MotorWeek Podcast number 130, 130. Welcome uh, around our table. Uh, and we're upstairs in, a, in our sound studio A today. A little bit different venue for us, but we still have our writer-producer, Brian Robinson. Hello, John. Our assistant producer, Greg Carlos. All right, all right. Our writer extraordinaire, Patrick Lucas. Welcome back, everybody. And we have a lightning round, a viewer question, our rant and rave section. But first, this is a special show because this is our recap of the 2015 L.A. Auto Show, and we're also going to touch on the new Toyota Prius. But let's start off with the Auto Show. And um, full disclosure here, both uh, Greg and I are fresh back from the L.A. Auto Show. Quite and, literally. And you got back just this morning. Boy, yep. Uh, Patrick's uh, in the process of pulling all the material together. I know Brian Robinson keeps up with uh, what's new there. So I'll start with you, Greg. Um, most influential, most interesting, best vehicles at the show, where would you start um uh, probably the launch that or the reveal that i first started at um was actually the uh fiat the 124 spider yeah which is cool yeah yeah and i really think you know it's kind of the star of the show even though we all knew it was coming and we all know it's based on a miata but still well that was one of the few that we were really really looking forward to i mean yeah. that was a world debut right? it was indeed yeah so that was actually a really big deal among a bunch of others we had been talking about earlier wasn't a lot of world debuts there, a lot of North American no, debuts. there were a lot of uh, re, uh, refacing and, uh, you know, relaunches and freshenings. But, you know, I'm the only one in the room that kind of grew up with the original uh, Spider in the 60s. And um, this is the 50th anniversary of it. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, here's this sports car that is based on a Miata. They've got all different body panels and certainly a different front end. The interior is pretty much the same, but they do have their own uh, powertrain. they got a Fiat powertrain. And uh, so I expect it, it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll all be driving them back to back. But I don't know. As much as I was excited about it, and I like the looks of it, is it the fact that it's just the proportions are so much like a Miata? There's something wrong. How much time did you spend with it actually in person? Because I'll say this. I saw it revealed, and I thought, okay, that looks pretty good. I, didn't, I wouldn't say it looks great. And then as I'm walking around the show, I'm following her along on Twitter, and I'm seeing pictures of it. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't look as good as I remember. But then I went back to it. It's almost, it looks better in person. It looks better in person. Uh, all, all of the early photographs that Chrysler sent out were all black, of a black model, mm-hmm. which I thought was terrible. They've got like this uh, medium blue that's going to be their launch color. It has the Ferrari-ish old 60-style uh, headlight flares, which works. Uh, the grill's a little weird. It's like I'm not sure what it is because it's not like the original grill. I thought it was a little strange there yeah. because the Miata seemed like a nice – it was like a tight package with like the, the squinty lights and mm-hmm. like everything looked sharp and aggressive. And this with the typical Fiat, like you said, the headlights on the grill bulging and big and like in your face. And I just – I guess because we saw the Miata first, the MX-5, it that worked so much better in my head that this, I'm like, yeah. I've only seen pictures, so um, I guess we're going to have to wait. Yeah, it's a cool-looking car. I bet it probably handles a skosh better, although the yeah. suspension is going to you know, basically be the same. So we'll see. I'm a little disappointed they didn't have enough money to, to kind of do a little bit different uh, dashboard because, I mean, the interior, the instrument panel is almost is, exactly, is, is the, almost same, exactly yeah. the same. So, and And... 
you know, to go all that effort and still say, oh, it's a Miata. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like um, um, getting in the Scion IA. Yeah. After seeing all of it, and then you get inside and it's a Mazda. A Mazda. It's, it's, it's like, okay, yeah. well, you know where they save money at. But I think that was an important vehicle. Um, so it's not as good looking as the Miata. The powertrain is going to be Italian. Not, Here we come, guys. This is not we, I'm, just, I'm just saying, just yeah, like, like, why are we buying this over an MX-5? I think that's a very good question. And, and actually, Fiat stood up there and said, we don't expect this to be a big are, volume vehicle. Are they going after people who have owned, like, older Well, except that they're, they're my age. I suppose they could be. Uh, let's face it. It will be far, no matter what happens, it will be far more reliable than the original 124 spot. I would sure hope so. I think it'll be more vehicle. appealing because they're yeah. doing the Abarth version, which which will be probably a kick-ass car, right? Which will have a lot more performance. Yeah. So that should get people excited. The uh, uh, two probably most significant, at least from a domestic manufacturer, uh, intros there were over at GM. Uh, Cadillac showed its SRX replacement. It's called the XT5 midsize uh, SUV or crossover, whatever you want to call it. And right across the uh, lane from it was the new Buick LaCrosse, which is the first one to kind of embrace the Avignard uh, concept styling. I will give you my two cents. I couldn't believe both these vehicles came out of the same company. Uh, I think the uh, LaCrosse is absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the most attractive four-door sedans I've ever seen. Uh, just like the Avignard concept, the interior is beautiful. They've got real wood in it. And then I go over to Cadillac, and here's this thing that I can best describe as looking sort of like a, a, a lettuce wedge salad. Sal- salad. <laughs> I mean, so I, I, I want to like, go back and look at these pictures now and just it, see what you're talking about. It's like they took an Escalade, and instead of taking the great styling of the uh, ATS and bringing it up, they sort of took the Escalade and tried to come down. I... I just don't think it's really attractive. Uh, and they're after that BMW Mercedes buyer. And the interior, where everybody else is getting away from these uh, heptic touch uh, sliders. I mean, uh, Lincoln was running away from it so fast you could see smoke coming out of the back. Yeah, Ben had recently said something about the Explorer uh, that we had recently. That's yeah. all back to regular all buttons All back now. to regular buttons. And here, Cadillac seems to be going the other way. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, it has a, it's, it's comfortable in the back seat. I had no problems getting in back there. It's got a big, uh, of course, you know, full-length uh, uh, sun uh, panoramic roof. But it left me kind of cold just because of the lacrosse, which I thought was pretty cool. I think – well, I'd love to talk about the lacrosse, but yeah. I think the S – they're the XT5, whatever. Um, XT5. Right, XT5. I think they probably didn't feel as urgent a need to do a lot other than rename it because it's their best seller and probably still will be. What do you mean? It's all different. I know it's all different, but I'm just saying – it's not as advanced as... Well, but the SRX, everybody kept saying it's not really up to speed. It can't really be competitive. And this is supposed, to, this is supposed to be like a home-run vehicle for them, a very important vehicle. So I... Uh, most of the, I will say that I, I think we're being... I'm being unusually negative. Most of the press has been kind, of kind to it. So we'll see. Uh, running down the list, other things that were important. There was a new... A couple of car vehicles, I think, that will get overlooked that shouldn't be. Uh, new Sentra. 
Uh, it basically got a, a pretty thorough rework. I don't think it's all completely new. Much more Maxima. Uh, the Elantra, on the other hand, from Hyundai is all new. And it's followed the um, the little bit more mature styling uh, that they've been uh, dishing out of late. Uh, but it's got some class leading first in it. It has it's the first in its class to have full auto stop, and with oh, pedestrian. I must detection. have missed that one. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's nice looking car. And now the interior is big enough to be a midsize car. So it, I thought that was worth. I was very out. happy with what they did with the Elantra. Um, much more up to snuff with the rest of the <clears throat> the, the Hyundai's. We've seen. Um, some new powertrains, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. like a 1.4 turbo, mm-hmm. which yep. will uh, be with a Which is like clutch. a 35-mile-per-gallon city highway combined vehicle. Yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be a pretty popular powertrain in that car. I think it, it'll do well. Now, I'll say this. I'm not a huge fan of that dual-clutch transmission. I've noticed yep. it's had some problems in other vehicles we've used it in, but um, who knows? Maybe they'll smooth it out, and I think uh, that, that should be a pretty, pretty good one for them. I, I like what Mercedes did with the SL. I think it's a much better looking yeah. vehicle now. Yeah. It looks a lot more like the GTS. We saw the production version of the Infiniti QX30, their small, compact SUV. But I look at it, and as much as I like it, I mean, we've seen it now for three auto shows. As much as I like it, I don't understand why you'd buy that over a Murano, which I know is a little bit bigger, but they look very similar. Yeah. So. Um, the Evoque Range Rover Evoque Convertible. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no cover that. There were yeah. some people yeah, like probably you, the craziest vehicle at the you, show. You but. walk by and there's people just kind of looking at it with their heads cocked to the side, just like hmm, uh, Alpha. You want to talk about the Alpha? Talking about the a little US bit. The U.S. debut. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll get to it a little bit later. Um, but yeah, it's the uh, and Patrick, you'll have to kind of remind me. I have trouble saying it. It's Julia. 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 Julia Brian Robinson right? is the expert. Julia. 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 Slightly. Yeah, it's a very historic. This is like this is the second time I've seen it because I was at Frankfurt. So um, yeah. yeah, still a very good looking car, and it's. I mean. Everything I'm seeing about it, it should be very well, competitive. They claim uh, lowest uh, zero to sixty time of any four door mass production four door s- sedan, uh, three point seven. Uh, the lowest, uh, the highest power to weight ratio uh, out there. So we'll see. I mean, it's maybe a tenth off of the C- the ATSV, I guess. Uh, a tenth better, but we'll see. It's can, pretty can close. I ask, mm-hmm. Am I the only one who sees BMW three series, or maybe like a a smaller three series from like the A pillar back of that entire vehicle. Yeah, well, that's clearly what they're going for. Yeah, right? but it literally, <laughs> looks, no like, it literally looks like yeah. they went into a BMW dealership and chopped the front off, <laughs> yeah. chopped the back off. Yeah. Could be uh, CX nine from Mazda, all new. Finally, we have a long term CX nine. It's very sturdy vehicle, but it's probably about three or four years past yeah, when it should be redone. They really didn't give a whole lot of information. There's more information about it coming out next week. It looks very attractive. It looks like it's still, you know, it's got their their uh, Kodo. De, was it Kodo design Kodo. language? Soul of motion. Yeah, soul, soul of motion. Did you hear the? Uh, there, I was reading up on it. I have to. It's my job. It's four um, cylinders. Four cylinder. Only four cylinder. Only under four cylinder. Um, because they said that people who buy the car don't care about. Yeah, right. You ever <laughs> been on the interstate with yeah. one? That's Volvo's line too. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So it's a it's a two five turbo, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and they're saying it's got good numbers. Uh, we'll see, but that's a big vehicle to be moving around yeah, with uh, with a four cylinder turbo. We uh, skipped over. We were talking about American cars earlier. The yeah. MKZ had a uh, yeah. Uh, 
you know, the MKZ, which is a, was a nice-looking car except for the split-wing grille, which was sort of like starting to get passable. And and they've taken the, the Continental concept grille and put on it, which looked okay on the Continental, kind of, you know, Bentley-like. I think I don't think it looks like anything. Yeah, it just blends in. That's probably the best way to describe it. And that's maybe the... We all, the new face of Lincoln, was, there, indistinguishable. Yeah, that was. But it's not a Ford anymore. They caught so yeah. much flack over the the grill. I the think they wing. just thought like they maybe were thinking, let's just get away from that. Let's cut our losses and just make something that looks more in line with everything else. The one thing they did do on the interior, did you notice? Almost everything's back to buttons and knobs. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Is right? it all new? The MKZ. I mean, it seems like every no, other year not. there's like an it's, all new it's MKZ. Re- it's like, refreshed. New powertrain. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's new powertrain. They have. Yeah. The first shot at, I'm assuming it's a Ford built yeah. engine that they're going to use in Fords, but yeah. the twin turbo V6, it's like uh, three liter, four hundred horsepower. Yeah. Like that. So I mean, so it's a, it's a, that's power. I, we actually um, we were told by Lincoln they claim it's a new engine that it's not like a three five taken down, but I wonder if that's true. So. Uh, L.A. Auto Show, a good solid start to the auto show season. Uh, like most L.A. shows, lots of practicality with a little bit of Hollywood flash. Green Car of the Year, uh, Chevy oh, Volt. Volt. And I think probably – I called that yeah. one. I think they took, in, took the, the, the path of least resistance. Yeah, that was probably why I called it. It was a very <laughs> easy job. Although you could argue that maybe they should have – You know, it was really – of the five candidates, You know, they had that and the Prius. So that was probably a tough call. Yeah. Um, which gets us into nice the Prius. transition. Nice oh, transition. Uh, Greg, you have uh, you just nice came team. back from driving the new uh, Toyota Prius. Give us your impressions. It is certainly a better Prius. It is uh, more more efficient. It is uh, there's a new. They actually started a new. It's a new architecture for the entire brand now. Um, they call it Toyota a New uh, Global Architecture. So this is like the Volkswagen. Creative, that's creative. MK. <clears throat> right. MBK so it, it's just going to start trickling into all the other Toyotas. Uh, here you get a, a fully independent rear suspension now on the uh, Prius. That's double a big bone, Which, yeah, we've seen the Highlander did it a couple years ago. Um, horsepower, I think, is down to 121. Um, uh, but then efficiency goes up. And they also offer an eco version. Which they say there's no f- official numbers out yet. They say that uh, the eco version will get 58 miles per gallon city, 56, com- 56, 56 combined, 56 combined, 58 city, um, and that actually gets the lithium ion battery, which pretty much all Priuses will get. Hmm. Uh, the nickel metal hydride is only in the Prius two non eco. It's the absolute base model. Yeah, the base model. Right. Um, but I got to say, driving it around, it is more comfortable. It's quieter. Better seats, finally. Better seats, yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually did a little handling course on a uh, an airstrip. Not exactly the vehicle I wanted to be in my first time on an open airstrip. But uh handles better, but it's not I, – I, I will say that I don't think it, it even – is as good as the Volt, really, with, with handling. Did, am I the only person that thinks that these two cars have crossed? I look at the new Prius and say, less wedgie. It's got a defined hood now. It looks more like the, the Volt. And the Volt, on the other hand, if you look at it, it looks more like a Prius. Are we – is that just me? It's conspiracy. Well, but overall, you think big improvement. Yeah, definitely an improvement. Um, there's a ton of new safety on it, too. I mean, there's adaptive cruise control, which will actually bring you to a stop. It's kind of like um, hmm. Mercedes is, um, 
what is theirs, Distronic Plus, Distronic where you can Plus. actually use it in traffic. It'll bring you to a stop. And then they also have um, collision avoidance, which they're very careful to say that it'll bring you to a stop. I did get them to say that between, I think, under 25 or so, well, that's, it is capable that's of bringing you to a stop. Because, but they um, will not say that, yes, this will stop you every time. Because they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't make that claim on the, the latest Camry either. Yeah, so. But they sounds we, like they got a little bit we, closer. But we got to test that out, and it did. It's, it stopped itself. How's, so. how's the uh, interior looking? They're still in that funky little shifter. Yep, they have the, they, they moved the shifter a little bit. It's more in the center now. Um, the gauge is still centered up top, but there's also, it's reconfigured and there's more color so it's easier to see things if you if you just glance down it's just easier to see it well they didn't like they didn't like streamline it like the rest of toyotas it's still like uniquely prius yeah but there is hints of toyota or like the rest of the toyota lineup in it so they did kind of bring that in there to make it feel a little bit less prius but at the same time it's still it's still very prius does it feel less powerful because you notice like I wouldn't. Nah, I didn't. It was pretty negligible. If it's, you don't really. I, I I hardly found myself really trying to get on it. And when I needed to, it was enough. But I wouldn't say I noticed any real loss in power. Um, while before we move on, I actually one more vehicle we didn't mention at the LA Auto Show. Mm-hmm. The the third time we've seen the Toyota CHR concept now mm-hmm. officially a Scion. So Scion's first quote unquote. SUV crossover doing about a year. Uh, anybody see it? Do you think much of it? I mean, it's kind of cool looking, but I mean, who knows we, what the production model is. We've all pretty much seen it like. yeah. a couple times. So it's worth noting that they finally acknowledge that Scion is going to go into the uh, go, to Scion. the crossover that'll be, yeah, arena. That'll be good for them. And let's go back to um, let's uh, go back to the Alpha and do that for our lightning round. Uh, and we do actually have a bell today. It is an electronic bell. Greg, I think you'll be handling this there one. There we All go. Right. All right, we have two minutes to talk about it. Uh, speaking of LA, the Alfa Romeo Giulia, and we saw it in person. Uh, you've seen it twice, I guess. So it seems is FCA taking another serious step towards relaunching their high-end Italian brand. And from based on what we've seen with the Giulia, and we know there's a forthcoming Roadster that isn't going to be based on the Miata, supposedly. At least it will be built in Italy. Um, is there room for them among the BMWs and the and the Audis and the Mercedes and the Cadillacs? And uh, what do you think? Got a chance this time or what? Well, I was kind of surprised. Wasn't there rumors like a week or two ago that there was being pushed back already? I, I think there weather. was something in the something in the, in the press about the launch being delayed another six that months. That car, yeah, their plans yeah. in the U.S. entirely. All of the above. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I think the whole thing's supposed to be six months later than they originally planned. Yeah, there a specific so, reason or just rumors that something? I think they were like restructuring how they were going to go to the U.S. market or whatever. Or they were rethinking all that stuff. So I don't know. It makes me wonder if we're ever going to see this car. Um, <laughs> That's a scary shame. thought. It makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it looks to be pretty safe. If everything they say is true, it should be a real contender with 
with three series. Well, they're certainly coming out with guns blazing about making claims. I mean, they're sitting there saying, yeah. you know, fastest uh, production four-door you can buy, zero to 63.7 seconds, which granted is a, a, a tenth here or there better than some, uh, you know, quicker than others, but that's going to depend on who's testing it on what day. All we've seen, though, is the quadrifolio, the ultra-high performance right. version. So and that's not what people are, most people Well, that's buy. the deal. I mean, BMW makes the sizzle with the M4 and the M3, but they sell enough three series to make it all profitable. Uh, you know, do you? We haven't even seen a regular Julia yet. Well, then, do you think enough people are going to buy that to make you know to make it worth their while? We know what the powertrain is going to be. It's a two hundred seventy-six horsepower two-liter I four. Correct. Turbo. But I mean, well, the Quadrifoglio. I have no problem. I'm down with it, and I'm sure people are going to buy it. But you know, how many people are going to buy a regular Julia? I think that's the more important question. Well, I mean, are they trying to get is their strategy, I mean, have they made it clear that they're just trying to impress us, the journalists, first with that? I mean, it seems like not such a bad oh, idea to get us in a pretty frenzy app. over I it. think that's a pretty apt way to look at it. Yeah. So they'll get all the press with a high-end car. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, certainly, I think, the be the three seers could get, use all the competition it can get right now. I mean, that thing's gotten kind of stagnant, in my opinion. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I th- if they can really put together something that lives up to or even gets close to living up to the hype, I think – Has uh, it got a chance of becoming an aspirational car for, uh, you know, 30-somethings? I think the Quadrifoglio definitely has that yeah. sort of like you work up to that mm-hmm. level. And I guess FCA could probably float them in the meantime yeah. with a – I don't know. Is that unique – Brand gonna be, I mean, yeah. a big. I don't know. I'm losing. Stop it. talking. Yeah, <laughs> I think enough. Well, good luck, Alpha. We certainly like what we've seen. We just can't wait to drive it. All right, let's talk about our viewer question. Michael has one for us. Every few weeks, I connect my Garmin GPS to my computer for updates. Wow. Really? Is, I don't know anybody that does that, Michael. Diligence. That yeah. is diligence. I'm going to call him travel next time. Out of your <laughs> zone. Oh my also, my iPad and Windows computers get updates on a regular basis at no cost. It occurs to me that I have no idea how a modern automobile gets updates for its computers or GPS. Can an owner do any of these updates? What about cost? That's a darn good question, and the my understanding is that some cars you can update their computers and their GPS, you know, automatically. But most all of them, you still have to take them to the dealer, my, and, you know, and the GPS costs money. My understanding: I went to a Ford event this summer, and they were previewing Sync Three. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not Ford, maybe it's not Sync 3. I'm totally misremembering this. <laughs> but some company has um, – the car can connect to Wi-Fi. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Sync 3. And it can connect to Wi-Fi like if you're parked in your garage. And it can download yes. updates. There's a, I think Sync 3 can, and, and I think at least one of the European manufacturers I think we're heading that, that way. I yeah. think traditionally you had to go to the dealer and pay to get an right. update – or you got like one free update and then you had to pay. But I think more and more we're moving along the lines yeah. of like cell phone. Right. It's even sort of like. more of like a passive thing where it's just like you're parked at your house and like yeah. you allow the car access to your Wi-Fi yeah. network. And, you know, every couple months or so if it needs an update. So, Michael, I hope that helps. But I want to go one step further. Mm-hmm. Once we get Apple CarPlay and Android Auto on all these new cars, is anybody going to care about any of the system that comes with the cars that, anymore? When I was at that Ford event, I asked them. I said, you guys are like prepping so hard for this Sync 3, and he spent all his time and like resources developing Sync 3. 
was like, what happens when, because you guys are also supporting Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, what what was all the effort for? And they said they think that enough people will hmm. not use those two systems and use Sync 3 by itself. Every, every place I go, everybody's using their cell phones and the nav systems on their cell phones. I, From experience, when I did that Camaro trip, um, I had Apple CarPlay. And when I was using the navigation, I ended up using chevy's navigation really because huh. i don't like apple maps and you can't use uh, you can't get like the readout for google, google. Map, right yeah now if you're android then yeah you have the google well, that's maps. a good point so that's a good point we'll uh, see. uh rant and rave anybody got something on their minds that they want to uh spill out in the public i mean i do but does well, it i've always got something locked right. and loaded all right well it was raining yesterday um we can probably do two because this will be a short okay. one it was raining yesterday and i noticed uh, i was in the tahoe brand new tahoe Rear windshield wiper. Of course it has one. I was following a Focus hatchback, probably yeah. last gen. It has a rear windshield wiper. Why don't our cars have them? You mean like sedans? Yeah. Why don't they have a, a rear windshield wiper? I don't wiper? know. I can't remember a time where I've actually needed one. Why, really? Why did you need a rear wiper? Because it's... It was just enough. It wasn't like pouring down rain, but there was just enough mist and stuff kicking up around uh, that I could well, really see. That's what I use. You don't want a hatchback or anything? You, never, you don't ever use the rear wiper? Because I, d- no. I do because he just That's the true. way a vehicle goes through the air, if you've got a, right. a, 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 either a fastback it. or a straight up and down like an SUV, you tend to just get it dirty. That too, yeah. You can't see yep. it. But I have to admit, I haven't had that much problems with the sedan. No, I can. I don't know. Right. Well, it, is, it, is, it is a noticeable difference between a hatch and a sedan. I know the airflow is very Yeah, different. yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I think yeah. there is a certain That's reason. They've been doing it for years. <laughs> then let's move on. There we go. Well, that no, I mean, I think that's kind of interesting. Thanks but, for that, Patrick. Yeah. Should be required on all vehicles now that I think about well, it. Well, gosh knows. If you say it loud enough, I'm sure the government will make it so. It's a safety, right, it's a safety um, issue. Well, yeah, while we're still on the uh, auto show topic, um, uh, this is something we can all relate to. John, you and I, just because we just came back, um, I'm getting a little tired of uh, when they do the actual unveiling of the car. Yeah. I'm talking the pulling of the sheet. Yeah. So when, from the time that they stop talking to they actually unveil the car, <laughs> sometimes, and I, it's not everybody, but sometimes it's just way too long. And uh. it's for a car I've already seen. It's just like I'm sitting there well, with the camera. They have to give you all of their sales I, information. Well, no, I'm not even worried about that. I'm talking about the actual time between when they're done giving all right. the sales information Which, and the time the car, the girls or whatever, pull the. You sheet sound off like of such an entitled journalist. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, I do understand that. I know it's not everybody you know, has this problem. But it, this is this is a, this is fresh on my mind. On well, my what mind. gets me is when they give you all the hype and build up for the vehicle. They've run through the sales stuff. They've told you how wonderful everything is. And then they pull the wraps off the vehicle, and they give you absolutely no information. Mm-hmm. Now I understand it's all on the internet, and they've given it to you on a thumb drive and all that. But, but wouldn't we've you also rather sit probably. there and hear about the vehicle than how many sales they've had for the last nine yeah, months? Yeah, I agree with that as well. <laughs> anyway, so but then again, we're not spending millions of dollars unveiling a vehicle at an auto show. Patrick just we? made me feel bad about myself now, so <laughs> I'm gonna be much more keep humble. it real. Keep it real, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna keep it real and wrap up this uh, uh, edition of our Motor Week podcast, number 130. I want to thank everybody for their participation. Our writer-producer, Brian Robinson. Assistant producer, Greg Carlos, who still has some jet lag. Our writer, Patrick Lucas. Our audio engineer uh, for today. (laughs) 
Whoa, well, what did lost, you do? You lost your head. Oh, I lost my head. Oh, my goodness. David Wainwright. David Wainwright <laughs> is our audio engineer moment. today, Dude. our podcast creator, Bob Mixer, and our producer, Patrick Lucas, even though he forgot to bring the mechanical bell in today. Uh, so well, Greg ding, substituted. Ding, ding. I'm not Good doing one. it because digital is just. Thank you very dialogue. much for listening so to sorry, our podcast man. and for watching Motor Week on all the public television stations around the country Dude, and also for following us on the Velocity Cable Channel. I'm John Davis. For all of us at Motor Week, Thanks very much for being a part of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. You have been listening to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by TireRack.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek television's longest-running automotive magazine series each week on your local PBS station.